Jack and Canned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jack and Can with the Roundtable. So, John, I hear that you got an interesting topic that you want to start the show with. Why don't you take it away, buddy? Oh, yeah, man. Well, first off, I just want to say I'm feeling a little bit good, right? Got out of work, went down, went for a five-mile jog slash walk. Who am I kidding? It was mostly walking. I can't jog anymore. <laughs> I was like panting. And uh, before we jump in here, sports-related themes, right, Cobes? I just have to point this out. I was on the trail. I don't know why, but I just haven't seen too many humans, I guess, lately. And they were on the trail, too. And uh, they kind of smiled. They're like, hey, and what's my first initial thing that I say to them? I take off my earbud and I go, wow, it's getting dark out, huh? And I just keep <laughs> jogging. And they must have been like, who the hell says that? And who was that guy? So if you listen to the Jacked and Can pod, hey, how are you? That's what I meant to say is I'm good. How are Sean, you? Sean, I've actually um, found myself now when I like walk by a coworker at work and there's really no point in saying hi to them again because I've said hi a million times throughout the course of the day to everybody. It, they, there's really not a point once you've said it the first time. So now what I do is I, I look at everybody as I'm walking by and I just go, woo. Yeah, dude, it, it's so much easier. I've done it to a customer before, like, hey, how you doing? And then like, I look up and I just realized I said, hey, how you doing to him like five minutes earlier? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hello again. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, let me retreat. I'll go bleed myself properly. Yeah, but dude, what I want to bring up is, man, getting back into shape over here and stuff like that, right? It's got me a little pizzazz, right? It's got me fired up for... um for really anything sports, it got me kind of feeling that edge of maybe I can be athletic again, or maybe I could just be athletic. Who knows about again, but just be <laughs> athletic, right? So I was tuning in and uh, I saw some commercials and, you know, WrestleMania, obviously. I know you don't pay attention to wrestling anymore, but I am you know aware that it, it typically right? takes place in March. I assume that COVID probably is why it's now happening. What is it happening this month now? So, yeah, it's happening. It's going down this weekend. So I got a little fun question for you, right? So it, it's pretty cool. It's the first time that they're going to be live in front of people. They're expecting like 25,000 people. Raymond James Stadium. Isn't that the Buccaneers Stadium? Yes, it Raymond is. Raymond James? Cool. See, look at that. I'm learning something. So <laughs> genuinely, I did not look it up. I just saw the stadium name and I'm like, ooh, Tampa. Duh. The yeah, football championship. So <laughs> anyhow, uh, dude, what I wanted to ask, a little fun-filled question for you, okay? Who would be a dream match you would love to see in current day right now that we're older at this age? You know, it could be a wrestler from the past or present or whatever kind of promotion. Who would you love to see out there? Well, I think the best matches that were ever out there was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. I really thought that was the best rivalry in all of wrestling. But one one that's underrated to me. Or not really to me, but what I think is underrated as far as what the general fanship gave. Triple H had some really good matches. Triple H is really good. And, you know, he was always a heel when I was a kid. And I didn't really like him that much because as a kid, you just float with whatever they're leading you to believe. Looking back at him, Triple H is a phenomenal wrestler. I would love to see Triple H out there. And, I mean, picking the opponent's the hard part. Do you want it to be somebody that he had something with? I mean, I could go Batista or Randy Orton. You could go back to the Shawn Michaels thing, but I also like it better when him and Shawn Michaels were friends. It's hard to pick on who Triple H would fight, but that's another one for me that I really liked watching Triple H. See, for me, it would be 
Ric Flair in his prime, a younger Ric Flair versus a Stone Cold in his prime, because the amount of promos that would go back and forth <laughs> That's to each not other. Bad. I don't think that they would ever get off the mic. I don't think there would be a match. I think it would just be Stone Cold walking up and just I mean, in all honesty, I could just foresee that happening. Stone Cold just walking up, giving Ric Flair a stunner, and then everybody's still happy. Yeah, They're exactly. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, baby, that was the best match ever. Yeah. <laughs> and even though it was one move. Well, that's what but, I was um, going to say. Stone Cold's going to win that one, right? You can't give that to Flair. I know the Flair's great, but Stone Cold is one of the elite of the elites of all time. Absolutely, dude. And, and the reason what got or the the really the uh, thing that kind of triggered my mindset to start thinking about wrestling was. I was looking at these at-home workout videos, been kind of, you know, experimenting with some of those, and I realized just how out of shape I am. <laughs> so I go over and I see DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, for those for those of you ladies and gentlemen who might not be familiar. It was an old-school wrestler, right? Other promos, but he's probably most known for WCW. But he has the DDP yoga system. So I'm like, this can't be too bad, right? It says beginner. So I start this 25-minute workout session. So beginner's course from a wrestler, John. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yes, exactly. But, you know, it's beginner yoga, right? So I'm looking up and I'm seeing, I'm like, all right, you know, some of the guys in here, a little bit, not that they're out of shape, but they don't look stereotypical wrestlers, right? Not every single one of them. So I'm like, I could de- easily do this, easily. Oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> For those of you who ever watched anything yoga, the little uh, diamond that DDP does, that's about the only thing that I perfected. So <laughs> I think after recording this podcast tonight, I'm going to be sipping on my lemon ginger tea and I'm going to be doing a little DDP yoga colbs. So that's kind of my sports round table, a little bit of talk, a little bit of wrestling craziness that I had to bring. Yeah, that's fair. So John, you see that Darno got traded? Who's that? Oh, Sam Darnold? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I ended up seeing that. Oh, my God. So do you like the value for it? I mean, he was picked number three overall. What are your thoughts? Actually, it's funny you bring up that he was picked number three overall. I saw something from Schefter a few days back. So this will be the first time since the draft era began in 1967 that a top three pick at quarterback, five of them are now on a different team than they were last year. So Sam Darnold, Who's, who are that? Sam Darnold going from the Jets to the Panthers. Mitch Trubisky, yep. he uh, he went from the Bears to the Bills. Jared Goff from the Rams to the Lions. Carson Wentz from the Eagles to the Colts. And this one oh. I found a little bit cheap here, but Matt Stafford from the Lions to the Rams. the The difference with that one is that he's old enough at this point that I don't feel like he can really be talked about in that conversation. But, I mean, it still holds true to the rule that Adam Schefter put out there. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I mean, top three overall quarterbacks do get traded when they turn 33. That happens. Like, (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Freaking. Well, for Matt Stafford to be on that list, he's probably the most proven out of all of them. Oh, by a mile at this point. You know, and uh, I saw something pretty cool on, on him as well, too. Uh, from an age standpoint that obviously everybody wants to play until they're like 40s or upper 30s now, but he really feels like he has a strong chance to continue on in his career. And it's not like, hey, there's only two years left in the gas tank. He's like, I got a good five to seven. Yeah, so I can see that from him. He's a real competitor. He's not going to quit until his body just gives out. No, exactly. That's and I saw a couple of stats too. Ben Roethlisberger sounds like he's going to be coming back again. He had the same identical... A Ben Roethlisberger. Sorry, that was a little bit of the tea that was sneaking out of my tongue there. 
So uh, I do like Beth. So I'm going to call him Beth. So Beth Roethlisberger and Justin Herbert or Justina Herbert, <laughs> two awesome freaking quarterbacks, right? But they had uh, they had identical touchdown and interception uh, stats, which I thought was kind of cool because everybody's like, oh, Justin Herbert is badass. Like he did an awesome job. You know, what was it? 33 touchdowns and like 10 picks or something. something along and Roethlisberger. Yeah, Roethlisberger did the same exact thing. Everybody's like, he's washed up. He's done. He's done. Uh, it's like, funny the right. way that that works. With that said, yeah. I think for Ben, I think it's that he he can't continue the success as the season moves along. We saw this with Drew Brees in the last couple of years. He just peters out towards the end of the season because he can't physically sustain that that stamina level to continue to throw the ball downfield as the season weighs on. So it really ends up being something where, yes, Herbert looked great because that's his rookie year. For Roethlisberger, it looked like a great first half of the season. And then after that, it's like, oh, there's not a lot left there. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Herbert's going to be the, one of the better quarterbacks in the league going uh, really uh, pretty much here in the near future. I mean, I'd, honestly, term. I think that's just clear cut and obvious. It would be tough to say that he's not unless he comes out year two and just bombs. I don't see any way that Justin Herbert's not going to be a top echelon quarterback in. I mean, it might even be next year. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm I'm definitely excited for football season to start back up, even though it practically just ended. But I'm more excited here. I'm hearing some things about fans returning to the game, and uh, well, to the sport of wrestling, right? Uh, world, wrestling entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But twenty five thousand people. That's exciting. I was just at Fenway Park yeah. the other day. You see, that uh, was freaking exciting. You see, the Texas Rangers made it so that they could have hundred percent capacity again in their stadium. I did not see that. Was that something that just came through today? No, no, that was actually, I meant to bring it up last show. I just, that is so stupid to me. I get it. Like I want people back too, but it's at this point, it's like, okay, then let's just accept people are going to get sick. Let's just accept it. Move on. Yeah. Because at this point it's one or the other. You you don't have a choice. They're probably going to see the best ticket sales that they've ever seen before. Oh, it's going to be packed in there for the next – because also to a lot of people, it's a political statement. So a lot of people are going to be buying these tickets just because they're saying, yeah, bleep the left. We're coming out there. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I get it. I mean, we're we're not going to talk the politics on the show. But, I mean, yes, I agree with you, John, that I do believe we're going to see entirely filled stadiums in Texas for the next month. Dude, that's going to be an insane one. I mean, there was 40, I think it was 4,500 people in Fenway Park. It did, let me tell you, I mean, it was great to see people. They had awesome social distancing. It was all good, safe, whatever, right? But um, actually, we ended up getting the hookup going to the game. We went up to the main seats, you know, where you, you, you get the uh, e-tickets or whatever. So you go over to your seats and they're all clipped together for social distancing. So we couldn't even sit down. So I go up to the dude and I'm like, man, I said, all oh, the seats are all clipped. He goes, oh, no. He goes, somebody else must have been working over there today. He's like, I'm sorry, sir. He's like, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just sit down here? <laughs> field lever, level, like 14 rows back from the field. <laughs> we get hooked up with these awesome ass seats when we were supposed to be in the grandstands. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> good for so, you, buddy. Yeah, it worked out good. He's like, sorry for the inconvenience because it was an awkward thing. You walk all the way up the stairs. We all turn around. Hold up our hands like, what did we do wrong? Like, why are they all clipped together? Why can't we sit in the seats? We're in the right row. <laughs> Dude, but, so... um, Yeah, man. So I was thinking about it. So now that the Jets, there's been a lot of speculation of what they're going to do now with this number two pick. Obviously, it's going to be a quarterback. It's just, is it Zach Wilson? Is it uh, Justin Fields? But 
for me, the thing that's bothering me, and I hate this every year, the same exact thing happens where people will literally die on the hill of talking about why player X is better than player Y in the draft. I don't care because in all seriousness, I don't, I don't know what any of these guys are going to be till they touch an NFL field. I just don't know. Yeah. And anybody that says they do, they're just full of bleep. They're lying to you. They're taking their opinions. Great. You have them. But that doesn't translate to necessarily anything in the NFL. We've seen some of the best prototypical quarterbacks out of colleges come out here and be busts. We've also seen guys that have tape that has them go to, you know, I don't know, the sixth round, and his name is Tom Brady. I don't care who's getting drafted where. Just I like watching the draft. I like seeing the players get emotional. I like seeing them shake the commissioner's hand. I like seeing them wear, holding up their jerseys. I like seeing where the players are going to be. But I don't enjoy the process that these guys do every year. And good on McShay and Kuyper for going through and doing this job because it's a strenuous job and they spend a lot of time on it and they've made a career path out of it. But I can't stand listening to it because I'm just sick of it. I don't care what a player looks like coming out of college. I care about what he does when he hits the league. Yeah, and it goes back to that point, like you said, like, you know, a lot of these guys could end up being bust even in the first round or they just end up disappearing after just a few years in the league. So, you know, me being hopeful, number one, hopeful fan, number one, it doesn't <laughs> matter if you're the sixth round, if you're an unrestricted free agent, you're picked up from CFL, XFL, freaking FCF or or Johnny and Kobe's backdoor <laughs> fan football league, baby. We should start that. <laughs> yeah, we actually we should. We know a couple people. We could probably get our boys over there breaking down the tape. They could probably join in our league too and open it up to some competition. Maybe we'll have some flag football games going on. Yeah, that could be cool. So, I mean, the last thing I got on the draft here is I've seen that now the Falcons are the next pick that's not necessarily sure what's going to happen with it. There's a lot of speculation they're going to try to trade out, and there's a lot of speculation they're going to take a quarterback. So, We'll see what the Falcons do. I, you know, personally, if I'm them, I'm probably trading back a little bit. They got a few more years with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not the problem there. I would try to build a team around Matt Ryan, but it's really up to the Falcons what they want to do. I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Well, I do have a thought. They had a pretty damn good kicker for a while. And I'm just thinking if you're an organization where you know you're going to have kind of a struggle season, I think you should just throw everybody off the rockers. Why not just draft a punter or kicker in the first <laughs> round in the top five and just throw everybody for a loop? And everybody's like, oh, my God, Mac Jones is going here and this and that. And then they're like, oh, so-and-so kicker from Florida State. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see something like that. That's the crap I would do if I was an NFL team owner. Yeah, I know. you. I've seen it. You would be the worst team owner ever. Well, no, it, I bet it would be amazing. I bet it would actually draw a whole bunch of people in there because it would be a different level of sports. It wouldn't be your typical. It would be, yeah, like, it would be just like the movie The Replacements, man. That's what I'm picturing. What you okay? would do, John, is you would have your interviews with everybody and whoever you liked the most is who you would pick. So it would be like a fifth round talent that's like a inside defensive lineman or something. But you're like, that yes. dude was huge and really cool. Yep. <laughs> but but don't be surprised, man. They could lead to success. That's uh, all I'm going to say. So, Cobes, if we ever blow up, man, just putting it out there. Jacked in can, we might be like Redbird Capital. We might be out there buying leagues. Might happen. Well, I got to tell you, John, the bracket is officially over. I did come Ooh. in second. 
I did come in second, but congrats to Baylor. That was a very well-played game. Um, Gonzaga just kept it close enough throughout the beginning of the second half and the end of the first half that I didn't leave it alone until pretty close to the end of the game. But, I mean, Baylor had that from the start. They they went on like an 11-1 to run to start the game. So, I mean, those guys played well. Congrats to them. Congrats to Tony for winning the bet this year, the bracket. So that uh, that one ended up being pretty cool. I figured you probably wouldn't have a lot of thoughts there. I just wanted to at least make mention of it because it's a pretty important thing that happened. Dude, absolutely, man. And I bet a lot of people had the got the upset there because even in a lot of different sports headlines and other podcasts that we have listened to or that I listened to, everybody was choosing Gonzaga to win it. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. And then, boom, I saw the score. The yeah. score there, 86 <laughs> to 70 something, whatever the hell it was. Uh, I don't remember. Dead on 70. Oh, Jesus. Okay, cool. So I saw that and I was like, oh, man, Kolb's lost. But then it triggered in my mind. So ladies and gents, you don't know, but me, Colby, and, and Tony, you know, mutual friends, right? So I instantly text Colby. I'm like, damn, dude. And then I text Tony and I'm like, yo, Bubs, I heard you won the big money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy that Illinois didn't win because the guy that won the last three years, he had Illinois. So as soon as Illinois went out, I was like, okay, somebody else is going to win. So I was really happy regardless. I obviously wanted the win, but I'm okay with it. John, yeah, you see the Carlos Dunlap has come out and said that he talked with Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson says he's staying in Seattle. Dude, well, all right. I'm not surprised with that. He's probably going to be Seattle for his entire career. God, I hope so. He might do one of those swap overs like Tom Brady did, like in the very last few years, try to go do something elsewhere. I mean, if he leaves when he's 38, I'll be okay with it. I just don't want him leaving anytime soon. He's got too much of his prime years still left, and I don't want to see a Seahawks team and then a Russell Wilson in his prime elsewhere. I want him to stay with me until it's time for him to move on. Or he'll just move on and totally transfer over sports and go right into Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's good enough. Yeah, age 38. Maybe he'll go over there, do a little DH role, play a position for a couple of years. Fine with that, too. Keep that magic number in mind. 38. That's the age I'd become okay with it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, you got some time. Seattle has some time. That's right. John, Conor McGregor, still going. Him and uh, Dustin Poirier have had a little... A respectful back and forth on Twitter, but uh, it's a lot of, uh, oh, I'm prepping for you. I'm coming in kind of stuff. And, you know, this time I'm going to come prepared with this and this. And, oh, I, I'm loving it, John. I can't wait for this. We got to we gotta get together and watch this fight when it happens. We definitely have to, man. I got to make sure I ain't got no weddings or anything like that book for that day. But, dude, if I'm open, we need to make this happen. That fight is good. The whole fight card is going to be awesome to see. It's definitely a good one to crack a couple of cold ones, sit back. Well, I know you got the gym downstairs. We'll talk about that next week, little teaser. But um, we'll pump some iron, get jacked, and then get canned. That's and right. And I'll have to tell Colby, Colby's girlfriend, any new listeners on, on the podcast, right? Colby's girlfriend, that, hey, guess what? Uh, probably going to have to crash here tonight because we're going to be purdying. <laughs> Dude, you know, oddly enough, it worked today. Michelle's so sweet. She always, she's like, all right, John. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. I like her. But um, I, I was going through pictures trying to show uh, my, my buddy at work was showing me pictures of himself and he never smiles yeah. in his pictures. And I, I told him, I said, Dude, you got to smile occasionally. And he's like, no, it looks weird. So I was looking through for pictures from Tony's wedding 
to see yeah. like a good smiling picture, like just to show him an example. And the first thing that I scrolled across was you on the couch the next morning, <laughs> shirtless with a blanket over your whole head and everything. And you just had an arm out with a thumbs up. And it said <laughs> that the caption on it was a quote that you gave that was like, just put my tux back on. I'm dying here. <laughs> yeah. Freaking it. The struggle is real sometimes after the morning and the older that you get, you know, the, the more the struggle is and the more intense the struggle is, dude. So I'm hoping that that kind of reverses the clock too. But dude, who knows, man? Coles, we're just getting old, homie. We're just getting old. Yes, we are. More on that next week. John. Yes. I got one more thing that I really wanted to get out here tonight. So let's do it, brother. A little bit of basketball news. So yes, sir. the Lakers, since AD and LeBron have been out, They've gone four and five, which is significantly better than they were projected to go. I kept hearing a lot of two and sevens. Now, AD is still going to miss the next four games. LeBron's probably out still another four weeks or so. Um, They're saying potentially end of the month he comes back. But for AD, uh, should be about four more games. Now, even if the Lakers drop these, they've only fallen to the fifth seed. And granted, they're like right at the teetering edge of the sixth seed. But they look pretty clean and clear to still get in. I feel good about them as long as they're in. I don't care what seed they are. I mean, we know that the attendance is going to be down because the NBA is taking more precaution than most other sports, if not all of them. So home court advantage really is not going to amount to much. Right. I'm pretty excited about the idea that they've done as well as they have. And Drummond has been out since coming over with a toe injury. His first uh, his first game in, he uh, what did he do? I think he ripped the toenail off. So I think that's what it was. But uh, oh, speaking of John, just real quick side note. Yeah. My thumb, the, this thing that's been here, this I, I did this to myself January 23rd, where I have a black thumb because or thumbnail rather, just because of a heavy thing that crushed my thumb. It's still black. I have a black thumb. It's been since January 23rd. It's finally gotten to the point where it's starting at the very edge to where it's working its way out. But, oh, my God, dude, I am ready for this thing to be done. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure it's going to be there till August. Dude, you did permanent damage to your thumb, dude. It's like a freaking (laughs) – it's like you broke your damn thumb. (laughs) That's what it looks like. Bleep happens. You broke your thumbnail. Yeah, dude. So it's all right. You're gonna you're gonna rejuvenate. You're like a starfish, Colbs. It'll grow back. <laughs> It'll grow get back. A whole new thumb. <laughs> you just get a whole new thumb, Bob. I'm gonna end up with like a sixth finger. Is what's gonna happen? Well, dude, you, you, that's not bad. Maybe that's what you <laughs> need to join in the sports world. I don't know. Grip a basketball. Grip a football. It'd probably be helpful for me. I don't have big that's hands. Hey, dude. So it all works out, homie. <laughs> you got anything else, buddy? Ladies and gents, with that said, rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Jacked and Can Show, baby. Colbs, shut it down like you know how to. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jacked and Canned. This was Jacked and Canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes. And check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Can. Presented by No One.